0: Thank you for joining us at uh, Beer Fish Fanatics. And this episode is actually brought to you by Whisker
1: Seeker Tackle. So make sure you guys go to WhiskerSeeker.com for all your catfishing gear. Enjoy the episode, guys.
0: This episode is brought to you by Kelowna Brewing Company. If you live in Eastern Iowa, make sure to swing by Kelowna Brewing Company's tap room. Amazing food and amazing craft beer. If you live in Central Iowa or in the Midwest, swing by your local supermarket and see if they carry the Kelowna Brewing Company line of beer. And also swing by your local restaurants, local bars, see if they have Kelowna Brewing Companies on tap. If not, make sure you guys request it. I kid you not, you won't regret that other than that enjoy this episode guys thanks for the tip by the way tyler uh, on that that local pond uh i caught fish my kids then but (laughs) i took them out not not (laughs) ice fishing uh during the open water season so uh i I caught fish but it was like it was kind of cool so good good deal there we go all right everybody welcome to another episode of beer fish fanatics this is grandy with my pop fishing we have kit with the fishing kit youtube channel and today we are joined again by mr tyler stubbs of the iowa dnr uh we asked them back because there's there's a few questions that you know i had on my mind been wanting to ask i would be, you know we haven't had you guys back on for uh quite some time so figured we would get you guys back on thanks tyler
2: absolutely happy to be here
0: there we go
1: All and right. and tyler you're the uh communities fisheries biologist right yeah 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 I, okay. know, I, I know uh some of these towns don't like being called urban and whatnot right yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. so
2: yeah there, there's uh there's definitely a mix of urban and suburbia and non-urban so community fits the whole thing
0: there you go nice quick shout out to our sponsor Kelowna brewing company i'm i'm drinking something new today i haven't had this one yet uh, my wife saw it and she was about to drink it but i said stop because I, I, I wanted to try it out it's the coconut abbey belgian
1: style ale i don't think i've ever had that yet have you had that kit um, I thought it was gonna I? be like this. Oh. Thought it was gonna be like this one, but then look at the alcohol on there. It's uh, so okay can't. Holy
0: shit! It's nine point two. Well, <laughs> I guess I guess I'll I'll, I'll, I'll I'll drink it for for two people here. I'll, I'll drink for Tyler in this one. All right. Oh my good. What do you got, Kit?
1: I got the Aloha Aya, same beer I had from last time. It's um, pineapple Belgian style ale. Uh. Yeah, I thought I was going to grab one of those. I was like, wait a minute. This ain't the same. Looked yeah, no. I'll I was like, nah, not tonight. <laughs> so you can see that kit was a smart one. I was obviously just grabbed
0: it and I'm like, "Mmm, coconut. That sounds interesting. So, <laughs> all right. Cheers, guys. All right. I was hoping to have like a huge coconut taste to it. It doesn't, by the way. It's actually, it almost tastes like a blonde ale. I don't know. Yeah, it almost kind of reminds me of a blonde ale on that. So not bad, though. It's Belgian style. Oh, there it is. The uh, aftertaste. I can taste it now.
1: <laughs> it showed up.
0: <laughs> it showed up. The <laughs> coconut shows up at the at, at the end. I can. I, it's a hint of it. Oh, nice, nice, nice. Um, but yeah, uh, I just wanted to, to get Tyler back on and really just see how everything is going on with the, you know, the project and everything that I know that you're, you're, you work on and everything. So um, if you don't mind, get in case people, you know, who haven't listened to previous episode with you on, can you kind of just uh, briefly just describe what you do uh, for the Iowa DNR really quick and, and how your project is coming along?
2: Yeah. So as a state's community fishing biologist, I work with uh, communities across the state. It's, it was, meant to focus on our urban areas, our larger urban areas. So, you know, Des Moines, Cedar Rapids, Davenport, and then the suburbs around those. But last couple of years, I've heard a lot, I've worked quite a bit more with some of the smaller communities in the state too. Um, And the whole point of it is that those are where our people are. And so the majority of our license holders, which I know Jeff's been on here and talked about this too, is, is that's how, you know, us in fisheries and wildlife and law enforcement, Uh, That's how those three groups are funded. And so license dollars are are important. And when the majority of your people live in these, you know, five or six blocks of of the state, uh, that's just a place we hadn't really focused on in the past. And so trying to create fisheries close to where people live, easily accessible, that have amenities. Uh, And so my job is to work with the cities uh, on, especially Stormwater retention ponds is a big portion of my job, and that's what a lot of these urban ponds are, is working with the communities to make sure that they're built in a way that can sustain a a fish population. And then we work with them afterwards with the stocking and management and marketing of those and signage. Um, So all those things to to hopefully get people out and and fish without really having to go anywhere. I mean, a lot of these, they can hop on a trail and and without going too far, they're, they're up to a public fishery.
1: Oh, speaking of uh, the license sales, have you seen any like uptick since since we last spoke to you last year?
2: So I haven't seen the twenty twenty one numbers yet. You know, mm. those, uh, expired just a few days ago. You know. Oh did, yeah, that's right. That's yeah. right. Um. So I haven't seen what the final numbers of those look like. I'm gonna envision they're probably down a little bit from twenty twenty, just because twenty twenty was so high, right? With the yeah. pandemic, twenty twenty one. A lot of things are back. People are back to work, going to work. uh, But you've also got organized sports are back and, uh, you know, baseball, softball, soccer, all those things that take up time. uh, Those are all back. So I envision that, that they're probably down a little bit from 2020. But but I'm just I'm not sure. That's just a guess.
0: Yeah, no, that makes sense, though. I mean, I mean, we were 2020, we were pretty much doing nothing. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, technically, the whole U.S. was doing nothing. So, of course, everybody was out fishing. You know, right? Yeah,
2: yeah. There's, you know, there's portions of 2020. You go into a sporting goods store, they're short on rods and reels and tackle and ammunition and guns and yeah, or taking up hunting and fishing, which is great. And hopefully, they continue. Yeah.
0: I think I think we were kind of lucky too in a way in Iowa because I know in 2020 um yes there were shortages of certain fishing items here and there but it, it wasn't like it was complete bare because I know my brother-in-law's out there in Denver, Colorado, it was bare there it it was beyond they showed me pictures and they you know and they're like it's it was unbelievable in 2020 and actually a lot of 2021 for them too they're like it's still pretty bare here and there there so it's pretty crazy
1: yeah I remember seeing posts on Facebook people were showing pictures of uh, their store shelves totally empty of fishing stuff like wow like we yeah like Brandy was saying I don't think we got hit as bad here in Iowa yeah
2: (laughs) Good to, it was good to see from, you know, from my perspective of those urban ponds. You know, if you drive through Ankeny, you're going to see people fishing. But, you know, <laughs> last year when you drive through Ankeny and you're trying to pick a pond, you know, that doesn't have, you, that you maybe want to yourself a little bit or something. You maybe had to hit five or six before you, you got to one that that had very few people on it. So it was good people were getting out and using those.
0: Very true. Um, what kind of feedback have you gotten from the, I guess you can say from the public in regards to these ponds. I mean, has it been positive, negative in any which way possible in regards to this project you, you, you're a part of and everything? I mean, um, what kind of response have you gotten from the public?
2: It's, it's been positive. I mean, you've got, you know, the, the cities are the ones doing the work, right? They own it. They're the ones mowing it and, and maintaining it. And we're just helping with the guidance on, the vegetation and the fishing, the fish management, uh, probably the the biggest complaint is vegetation. And so, you know, those ponds get weedy during the summer Mm -hmm. and um, that's (laughs) there isn't any way around it. I mean, they're they're a natural, you know, they're a a pond. And so you're gonna have aquatic vegetation there. And and being able to control that is, especially in 2021 was really hard to do. It was dry, uh, water was stagnant, water was low and so that opened up more area for vegetation to grow and it was so warm for so long that it made it hard to control with like an herbicide uh, just because you're putting more stress on those fish as that vegetation dies because it's already so hot and there's no fresh water coming coming through and so 2020 was kind of a, a struggle to make sure we kept the vegetation in check but the cities do an awesome job of You know, one allowing public access to those and work being willing to work with us uh, to promote that and and get the word out and be able to stock fish. Um, And the cities, I mean, they're hats off to them. They do an awesome job maintaining those places
1: for sure. There hasn't been, I'm going to go on the opposite end of the spectrum. There hasn't been any, trying to think of a decent way to say, say this, but has there been any like stinker ponds? that kind of just didn't go the way you guys were expecting? Uh,
2: As far as like the fishing is concerned?
1: Yeah, yeah. As far as like the fishing is concerned.
2: Yeah. um, Yes and no. I mean, there's some that that with the way they're built, we like to have them be built with or we, we hope that they're built and the guidance is that they have a max depth of you know, 10 to 20 feet, average 10 maybe. And then they've got a little steeper sides instead of having them really be drawn out and gradual. When we have mm. out gradual shorelines, that's usually when we have the weed problems. Mm. Some of the, there's been a couple that have been built really well. And for whatever reason, the, especially the, the bass haven't seemed to reach their potential yet as quick as we thought they would. Um, but for the most part, they've been, we can, we're getting to the point now where we can kind of tell what they're, what they're going to end up being. And they're, they're been pretty consistent with how we've stocked them. And so, you know, we stocked with bass, blue and catfish, um, probably the, what I would say as a fishery that, that hasn't turned out is the, the perch that we've tried. Mm-hmm. Some of the perch haven't turned out, um, for multiple reasons. One is... These, we've kind of learned that these perch need a couple of years by themselves uh, to be able to get established. And if they get bluegills in there, that's direct competition. Obviously, if we get bass in there, you know, a perch is shaped like a hot dog, you know. It's, <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, we get a predator in there. And so, we've had some issues with, with other species getting into some of those ponds too early. Um, some of that, you know, it could be from the public. I don't know. But it's very likely it could be through stormwater transfer and so uh, we know that those perch move too Uh, and um, some of the perch in the the uh, I think it was the plaza ponds that we had there in Ankeny off or labor those were tagged as part of a project there at Iowa State and after one pretty good rain event a good storm a couple of those tag fish ended up down at sawgrass which is um, you know half mile downstream maybe but it's a next pond down and so the fish do move and so we've been trying to plan out you know if we try these perch stockings in the locations that don't have any sort of close connection to another water body so we can hopefully get those fish going without fish moving in on us no i was just gonna say that the perch ones are ones that haven't done exactly
0: what we wanted gotcha makes sense and so you're telling us and the listeners if you're trying to catch bass use lures that look like perch (laughs) right
2: it it can't hurt i know that
0: (laughs) yeah so i mean just because we have listeners like from literally all over the nation all over the world uh just kind of give you guys a heads up i mean um i don't know If other states do this in regards to programs of, you know, urban um, fisheries and stuff. So I like you're saying, I've gotten nothing but amazing feedback. And I even my brother in laws um, from Colorado, they're super jealous because they're like, what the heck you get to go literally a block down from my house or I get to go, you know, I live in. Uh, in pleasant hill so i can go to altoona like a two three minute drive i can get check out all these ponds different species and fish and they're just like they're jealous so i don't know so just kind of give everybody a heads up that you know you you're part of a program where there's tons of these ponds all around the city and like you're just saying i guess an urban environment i mean uh, in a way i mean but it's it's pretty cool because like you're saying you're just a a few minutes away you can literally just go and fish so it's really cool um what you guys are doing and now are you guys still stocking these ponds i guess you can say or, or are you guys just taking letting it i guess you i don't want to phrase this. i guess are you guys still stocking these ponds or are you guys just taking numbers first before you restock them or how does that work how does that process work in regards to restocking these these ponds that you're working on
2: yeah that's a good question um and and i guess from your earlier point there's a lot of states that do have urban programs um a lot of them especially the larger states texas is a is a big one they've got a huge urban program of course you've got houston dallas fort worth arlington and so austin and uh, they they do a lot of a lot more stockings than we do. I mean, they'll stock you know catchable catfish and trout really, really throughout the year. You know, maybe once a month in some of their locations. So they do a lot of stockings. Um, we definitely do not have the hatchery <laughs> capacity to do that. And so, as far as our stockings go, if it's a brand new pond, um, we'll stock it with bass, bluegill, and catfish to start. And then kind of based on how that goes, usually those bluegill, um, I mean, they're going to spawn multiple times a year throughout the summer. And so they're very self-sustaining. The bass are going to do the same thing only once, but they're going to spawn. They don't have any problem spawning in these ponds. It's the catfish that typically uh, struggle to have successful reproduction. And so they're, they require a cavity to to build their nests in and to spawn. And so if it's just a bare bottom pond, you know, obviously there's nowhere for them to go. Um, Even if there is a little bit of habitat there that they could spawn in, a little catfish is, you know, unfortunately for him, he's a pretty slow swimmer. (laughs) (laughs) He's pretty easy to pick out for a bass to, to munch down. So they don't, a successful catfish reproduction in some of these urban ponds would be very minimal, if any. And so, We'll typically try to restock these catfish populations every three to five years in a lot of these, knowing that um, people likely do keep catfish when they catch them. Um, One, they can identify it and they they taste good, uh, but usually they're pretty good size, you know. Uh, We've got some some ponds that'll average, you know, three to four pounds and that's the average size. And so usually they're pretty good good sized fish. that would be, that's and then we just kind of run them as a farm pond from there. So we try to manage that population and hope people are keeping fish, just keep your limits, but hopefully are keeping fish uh, and, and harvesting some of those fish, especially bluegills. And you know the, the more harvest that we tend to see, there's less fish in the population for competition and those fish tend to grow a little faster. Um, but uh, as far as the stocking goes, those are the three species that we, we stick to. That's a tried and true method. Um, I mean, since the 40s really is, is you know, kind of the, the basis of pond management has been those three species. It's simple to do, predator prey, and then the catfish is, is kind of a bonus really. Um, the other stuff like perch or, or well, really uh, hybrid striped bass in some of the pits would be another one that, that uh, will supplement, so like Gray's Lake, in Des Moines, Blue heron and West Des Moines, um, those types of fisheries will supplement with hybrid striped bass every few years. And then we've got the trout um, that we've got in 18 locations and they just get two times a year, uh, but we're not trying to manage that population. That's <clears throat> what they would call a put and take. And so we're putting those fish in there for you to take them out.
1: Those trout, um, during the summertime, since trout are kind of like a cold, water species do they typically just die off after a certain amount of time?
2: Yeah so um, I want to say it's around the 70 degree mark is where you know if we've got sustained water temperature around that that's about to their tipping point. Uh, Some of our research has shown that it's like 80 percent of those fish are caught within the first couple weeks. Oh wow! You know that's why we're not stuck. A lot of these locations will receive like a thousand or twelve hundred you know they're not receiving ten thousand, and it's for that reason. You know we want to be able to stock enough that you've got a really good chance to catch fish and catch your limit, but not too many that, that we could potentially be wasting some of those fish. So, but yeah, they get hit hit pretty hard
0: <laughs>
2: weeks that they're in there, and they're easy, fairly easy to catch. Um, so,
0: yeah, I think I went too late. <clears throat> I think yeah. the eighty percent was caught when I went. I was like, shit. <laughs> i couldn't <laughs> catch one for the life of me i think i went like i think after they stocked over the trout, i think i went maybe like three weeks after i was like shoot i, I think i might have missed the uh that, the 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 bite
2: <laughs> yeah those trout well they they're just they act weird in each location too they're a little different uh but they tend to go kind of counterclockwise in a circle okay. uh as soon as we stock them um they just run that shoreline for the first few days really in in a big group or a couple big groups and then they eventually start breaking into smaller and smaller groups and and then they kind of just start acting like they've been there forever and start moving around as a single fish but those first few days yeah if you if you're not catching any it's good to move because there's a good chance there's a ball of them somewhere
1: (laughs) gotcha good tip (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah with those trout um are we still doing, um, do the ice stockings this season?
2: There will be some in a few locations. I don't know what's been decided on the the ones around, you know, the Des Moines area or Ames would be the next, another close one. I'm not sure what's been decided on those as far as the ice stockings go. But, um, you know, the ones up in, in Moreland and Sioux City and, and Mason City, um, I'm assuming that those are going to be, be what they've typically been through the ice okay Uh,
1: yeah yeah. because because before i know um since covid and stuff happened you guys used to announce those dates but are you guys still kind of just sneaking them out there
2: (laughs) (laughs) sneaking is a strong word (laughs) but... (laughs) but but yeah they are uh we we prefer to call it unannounced
1: Uh, gotcha gotcha uh, stealthy stealthy (laughs) stealthy but yeah that's uh
2: i think that's still the plan going forward uh for this spring i'm not not 100 sure but yeah usually like in the fall you know we'd stock them on a thursday and typically the city would put out information either thursday afternoon or the next day and then um, you know we'd put stuff out on social media a couple days later so it it was usually within a couple days of those fish being stocked um that the that the information would be out
0: okay gotcha (laughs) stealthy i like that one kit good one (laughs) (laughs) um i kind of wanted to ask you a little bit i don't know if you um i know it's not your forte in a way but uh you kind of touched a little bit about farm pond so uh, I think we have some listeners or I'm actually just kind of curious if I had a pond in my backyard or if somebody has a huge pond, you know, they have a lot of land or what the case, what's the process of me having a, you know, my own personal uh, farm pond and everything of uh, reaching out to the IODNR to help me in regards to stocking it and, and just questioning hey, how, how does that work? And, and, and I guess you can say, is that something that you know about or anything like that?
2: Yeah, so we get, obviously, especially Southern Iowa, we get a lot of farm pond calls from, from private landowners, whether it's, you know, what what to do about a certain situation or a, what kind of plant is this, you know, that's those are very common. Um, typically, what what works well is if, you know, if you have a farm pond in Polk County, let's say, you could contact on the DNR's website, we've got each biologist's contact information and a map, of what areas they cover. And so you would contact the district biologist, which for this area is out of Boone.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And um, you, you ask your questions from there. As far as fish stockings go, um, there's a number of private hatcheries in the state that, that you can purchase fish from. We've got a listing of that on our website, but you know if you email uh, your district biologist or myself, I can supply you with that list. Uh, we've also got, you know, what types of species and, and the number per acre, uh, that, that you would typically stock. And so a lot of that information is on our website. And, uh, you know, although we don't supply the fish, uh, for, for farm ponds, you know, if there's questions that people have on the management or something like that, you know, we're happy to help try to answer those as best we can, uh, to, to make sure that, that you're on the right path anyway.
1: Uh, have you been out fishing yet this season? Oh, I was hoping you wouldn't ask
2: me that. <laughs> no, I haven't been. Uh, I've had a, a couple opportunities that I thought were going to pan out, and just I just have not made it out yet. I'm hoping I'll. Oh, I'd kind of plan on going out Saturday. I guess I'll see how much snow I've got to move uh, to oh. get up. Uh, but hopefully, um, I can get out this weekend if if everything. If we don't have as big a snowstorm as they say they that we're
1: gonna have yeah hopefully we only get seven inches instead of what 11 that they were saying up yeah. to jeez yeah the last thing i
2: really want to see is 11 inches of snow right
1: now but right especially on top of uh, our ice here in central iowa we only got i'd say like six seven inches in most mm-hmm. places
2: yeah, that's kind of what I've been hearing is about around that six-inch mark.
1: Yeah, I just got off um, Raccoon River Park, and I know we were just talking about it, but yeah, it's getting pretty soft on top, and I'd say there's yeah about six inches or so.
2: Yeah, I noticed on a couple of ponds that I, I drive by on my way home, there was some water standing on top.
1: Hmm. Uh,
2: yeah, as a, this little snow that was out there it melted a little bit. So,
1: yeah, I'm not looking forward to the snow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry about that. Back should be good to go. Good to go. <laughs> I think.
0: I hope so. <laughs> All right. So this is a um, a question that I, I think me and Kit, we had on our uh, previous podcast. And I just want to know, Tyler, does fish sleep? <laughs> <laughs> That's, okay. Because I don't know. May, maybe Kit and I had maybe too many beers. I don't know. We were just hot. Maybe it was me. I don't know. It, it was probably the case. But I've always wondered, I and mean, we were talking, we're like, I don't know, do fish sleep? I have
2: not seen, like, what kind of bed they use or anything like that. <laughs> but, um, you know, they do, they can can slow down to the point that they're, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? They're not necessarily asleep, but, I mean, they're, uh having trouble finding a word, but. Yes and no, but not in the sense that, that that a human does, you know, or a dog does. Uh, they but they do slow down and and conserve energy and rest and and sorry about that and all those things. It's just not they're not laying on their sides, you know, floating around doing. thing. Uh, but if if it is sleeping, you probably wouldn't be able to tell.
1: Right, they don't have eyelids, so they can't close their <laughs> eyes either. <Right. laughs> it's okay
0: so that's you know i was just wondering so so they probably just stay at a spot and rest or something like that right i guess mm-hmm. all right that's what we figured. all right you answered my question on that because i've always wondered i was like and we were just talking we're like damn like kit was saying they don't have eyelids <laughs> like what the hell do they
1: sleep <laughs> yeah. yeah i think the reason why we uh we were talking about it um i don't know people tip or some people do pretty good at night when it comes to fishing For me, man, once that sun goes down, it seems like the fish just disappear. Like, where the heck do they go? Like, do they
0: go sleep? Yeah, it's over. It's bedtime, man.
2: (laughs) Sometimes they, like during the spring, I do really well at night, like June. Um, But yeah, when I'm ice fishing, of course, I'm not out ice fishing a whole lot at night anyway, I guess. But I 100% agree with you. When I've been out, it seems like 4.30, 4.30, 5 o'clock, the sun's down and, you know, my vexlar might as well just be shut off.
0: Yeah. 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 That's exactly the thing. So, okay. I mean, that, that makes sense. Does, uh, I guess my only, uh, my other thing is how does, um, a lot of people, I guess, look into this a lot about moon phases and, you know, high pressure, air pressure, all that stuff. I mean, how much do you think, or how much do you know, does that affect the, the fish biting and whatnot?
2: Well, that's a good question. I don't really have a good scientific answer for you, but I, I do know that I've done well personally in the summer. I chase bluegills around a lot during the summer months, especially. And it seems like right around that full moon phase is when I can typically start seeing some of those bigger, you know, those bold bluegills moving shallow and there's probably no scientific reasoning for it, but, um, uh, you know, that's just something that I've noticed as far as high pressure, low pressure. I don't know. I think every situation is probably different and it probably affects species differently. That's not something I've really ever looked into. Uh, I usually just know if I go and catch a bunch of fish, I think I'm awesome. And if I don't, you know, and the fish, (laughs) something happened to them. I'm not sure.
1: (laughs) I I know I'm doing
2: it Right. Right.
1: (laughs) Right. Yeah, that high pressure thing always gets me because on those bluebird sky days and I'm like really struggling, I'm trying to think, huh, if the skies are high, that means there's a lot of pressure on the fish. And I'm thinking they should be deeper for some reason, even though I would think it'd be heavier on their, um, their swim bladders, right? So, I mean, when you think about it that way, shouldn't they be shallow? I don't know, man. <laughs> <laughs>
2: it makes sense, I guess, because that I was kind of think, thinking along the same lines you were, is those high sky bluebird days, especially in the middle of the summer. Uh, I frog fish a lot. and I, Those are some of my best days. Those nice still bluebird sky days. I tend to catch a lot of fish on the frogs those days. Hmm. That's something... I don't know
0: if you guys do you guys frog fish at all nope. K- K- no kit kit's not a big uh bass guy well not oh. not a largemouth bass guy he he's a big hybrid striped he's bass hybrid and, guy, yeah. and, and white bass guy but yeah the the other the green carp that's not his thing <laughs> <laughs> oh. but right. maybe maybe we can get him into it this year maybe you know we what, without, yeah we we got to get him because with that Tippet, maybe you can get. I think I think you would be excited to see catching something off of a frog kit.
1: Oh yeah, top water is awesome.
2: See, yeah, yeah. So I could trade, you know, a frog fishing trip to you, kid. If you, I think, I think you've got to show me how to catch a catfish through the ice because I'm still Ooh. still Ooh. at zero for that.
1: I uh, actually p- lost one at the hole today, right before I left. I got to relearn though. Um, I, what was it? Two years ago, I thought I had it figured. I went out there kind of like big 25 plus inchers uh, for for a few trips over the winter and I was you know I was riding pretty high coming off that season and then last season I didn't catch anything the ice so (laughs) it was kind of a wash I'm still zero I haven't caught
0: zero catfish through the ice that that's my goal this year I, I I told Kid already, I was like, that's my goal this year. I I got it uh this weekend. I mean, pending the storm and everything, I I, I have an opportunity to hopefully catch some catfish through the ice. I, I don't know what it's gonna take, but yeah, I I see all these pictures on social media though. Everybody makes it look so damn easy. I ain't gonna lie, I'm like, what the heck am I doing wrong?
2: I know it everybody's catching catfish through the ice.
1: So <laughs> okay. Here's what we need to do: we need to pull up. That um, the map with all the urban or I mean, excuse me, community lakes on there, because they show what are stocked in those ponds and whether or not you can ice fish them. I think it's time we I need to look at those maps and just I'm like, all right, just suck up my ego. OK, I'm going to go fish in these people's backyards. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and it's it's not their backyard, but I know what you mean. Kid. It, it feels that way sometimes because the where where the pond's located. I'm like shit, I kind of feel like I'm I'm intruding it a little bit, but I get it.
2: Yeah, some of those ponds are. I mean, they're a hundred percent outside of the trail. You're surrounded by houses. Yeah, I <laughs> get what you're saying. Those could be those could be the tickets.
1: Because uh, I I know the um. I know the short rod show boys. They like to hit those ponds.
0: Oh
1: yeah, yeah. If you guys listen to us, man, you
0: guys got to hit us up. We got to go fish with those guys. They just—I saw them just post the other day, Kit. They were—they
1: just slayed it on those
0: catfish, man. Yeah, yeah
2: they were holding a big catfish. That one picture.
1: Yeah. I know. Yeah, ben, ben hit his PB. Man, so that was not, that was a nice fish.
0: But I I I I do um, admit what Kit was saying is true. Uh, those maps that you guys have on the website um it's kind of cool because it shows what what species are in the pond obviously and then on top of that it lets you know if you can ice fish it or not i, I really you know uh, that's kind of a good thing because i don't want to go there if i'm not supposed to be on there you know ice wise because I, I looked at it i was like oh shoot it says no or or yes because it, it literally says there can you ice fish it or not so that's really cool that you guys did that
2: yeah that's something i'm continually working on um And some cities are still trying to figure, especially some of the cities that haven't had, you know, any ponds before, you know, they don't really have anything on the the city ordinances regarding ice fishing or ice skating or any sort of recreation like that. So um, that's something I'm trying to keep updated. And and I've got a lot of them in the Des Moines Metro are pretty well done. uh, And I've kind of moved over to the 380 area with Iowa City and North Liberty and Coralville and so trying to figure out over there where you can and can't, and uh, then I've got some of the other ones spread out done, so that's still a work in progress, uh, but, but hopefully that'll be something we can get completed on there, and then the, my next step after that will be kayaks and canoes, Ooh. so some of these places, especially these one-acre ponds, you know, you wouldn't expect to have somebody in a kayak out there, but some of them already have things on the books that say you can't do that, and some say you can, and uh, so just trying to make sure we're, we're answering people's questions before they can go out. So it's a, it's good information for them.
0: That's good. I, cr- I cracked another one. I'm doing these such a much kit. He's So thirsty. <laughs> hey man, when you got four daughters, eight and under and they have moments you get thirsty, <laughs> man. This, this is my, uh, uh, I told you, man, this is like my prime time to just be me when I got four girls on top of that. So there
1: you go. Uh, I wouldn't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Mm. All right. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> Any
0: movement in regards to ice fishing in Pleasant Hill or Altoona by chance? <laughs> Tyler, I don't know if you heard. I, I know we talked about this on the last podcast. Kids like, did you get to ask him that again? I go, well, shit. I live there. yeah i am there's
2: i mean we've had conversations uh i'm not sure where where things are at at the moment on those but um it's something that that we are trying to work on just to make sure we've got a a clear answer whether it is no or yes but making sure that we've got got a clear answer on it but you know we're always willing to talk about you know fishing and and ice ice fishing recreation to the cities and, and um And going through that that whole process with with ordinances and that so uh, i don't don't really have an update on it i guess but but it is something that we've we've talked about
1: yeah okay so is so what can us as citizens do do in that regard can we try to just rally a bunch of people together and like hey city of pleasant hill we want this and make it happen please
2: (laughs) I, i mean you know I wouldn't say you know gather a whole group, but and and take over you know the hall somewhere. I'm not saying that, but you know if if that is something that you know you want to see in the community that you live in, you know you know let them know. You know it just goes with anything else. You know if you want a stop sign on a certain corner or or you know a bike trail somewhere, you know it's the same same type of thing. And so you know and they may not know unless somebody. You know, brings it up to them either so that Very so they, true. Know, that's an interest of, of residents
0: all right i'll do it, it Kit. there you go gourds get know. it together man <laughs> i gotta get it together because i'm not gonna lie I, I i drive by copper creek i'm telling you i'd love to jump on copper creek one of these days dang it i'm like i know there's i know it's got some monsters in there man that's why i'm like i would love to get in there
2: but the good thing is, you know, you live in the Des Moines area, so even though you can't ice fish Copper Creek, you're not very far from places like Yellow Banks or Fort Des Moines, you know, or some of those other places that you can ice fish. Very true. Uh, so that that is is a good thing to have, anyway.
0: Nope, very true, very true. I was actually at Yellow Banks yesterday. I don't know, we we're supposed to, we're not supposed to say bodies of water, but that's okay. We can say that for this episode. But I was there yesterday. My kids um killed it they killed it on the bluegills man um they were they got to the it, it got to this point tyler my my daughter did not want to go to school today she was like i want to go ice fishing dad she, i go you got school she goes no I, dad can you just say i'm sick can we go ice fishing i'm like this, this is my seven-year-old daughter i'm like I almost, I was I was contemplating that until the until the wife looked at me like, dude, are you an idiot? <laughs> no, she's going to school. You you're not <laughs> going to call in sick for your 70 year old daughter to go ice fish. I go all right, all right, but no, she was literally so stoked after yesterday I took her out and she she didn't even want to leave until she kept, caught that one last fish. Because I was ta- talking to kid before we jumped on, she literally for maybe 20 to 30 minutes we i was packing up ready to leave we're like come on honey you know she's fishing she goes nope i want this last one i i i, I she wants to catch the last fish so and she did and then we finally was able to leave but um just to see her that you know what that it, it excited me as a father to see her that adamant that I want to catch a last fish. Now, every, now she kind of gets it, like Kayla was saying, like, now she kind of gets it. Like we're like last cast, last cast, but it's like like 20 casts. Most of the time, but you know, you know how that goes. (laughs) Yeah. uh,
2: And ice fishing is a good, good sport to take kids out on, you know, those bluegills and crappies a lot of times are going to be schooled up and uh, gives you an opportunity to to have some good action, you know, some constant action potentially. And it's just kind of cool. You're out there, you know, especially if you've got a, you know, some sort of sled or hut, uh, hut or something, you know, it's yes. just kind of being out there. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's a great sport to introduce people to fishing because it's, you know, you can, you can do it fairly cheap, but also like you were saying, you know, as a parent, uh, you know, it's just a lot of fun.
1: Yeah,
0: it really is. I I mean, I, my kids love it. Cause like you said, if you have the tent, it's kind of like, it's almost like, you know, they have that fort. So they're inside of a a, whether it's a flip over or a pop-up hub. So to them, it's like it's like a four. We're inside, we're just talking. And man, they say the darndest things. I swear I I recorded everything yesterday because you know, I I had the YouTube channel and I just recorded everything. I'm just like, there's certain things here. I'm just like, man, they have no it's 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 innocence of no filter. That's so awesome. And I'm just like, they're the only one who could say certain things and get away with it, (laughs) type of thing. but nope you're right so i mean they're they're excited they want to go again but uh, they want to go with kit now because they're like daddy you don't get it you don't get us on big fish so like, <laughs> i was like shit <laughs> i'm like i was thinking to myself like thanks hun but they go yeah we want to go with uncle kit because you don't get us on big fish dad i'm like oh man thanks man
1: <laughs> the bar has been set so high <laughs> i don't know if i can live up to those expectations <laughs> <laughs> too funny man. um oh
0: one other thing i don't know um i i, I wanted to ask you tyler a little bit but th- there was a new i know i know that has nothing to you because it's up in clear lake but they, they they set some new uh what is it uh what do you call it slot limits for the walleyes mm. and stuff up there uh just wondering I, I don't know if you heard it by ear or if you know a little bit more If you can give us behind the scenes on that uh number one you know, why did they start those slot limits? And, and, and number two, what, I guess, what's the goal behind that? Do you know by chance at all?
2: So I'm not, yeah, you're right. I'm not involved in any of that. I mean, the slot limits are, a lot of times in, in fisheries, you'll see uh, lakes move maybe even back and forth a little bit, but especially they'll move from minimum lengths to slot limits uh kind of in that in that order because a lot of times fish will stack up at that minimum length limit you know if you've got it at 15 inches uh or just as an example mm-hmm. uh, you know if that fish is 15 inches and an eighth it's gone you know it's harvested yeah and so a lot of times you see fish that you'll see lakes that have had minimum length limits on them for a long time are full of 14 and three-quarter inch fish and so having those slot limits helps kind of alleviate that pressure on the system. It gets a few fish to harvest, gets a few, it encourages the angler to harvest more of those fish that are you know, in that 14 to three quarter inch group and then protects that group that's gonna grow a little faster now that there's less competition in the fishery. It's gonna protect for a little bit. So the idea is that it will give you more larger fish in the system. As far as specifically with with the The glacial lakes and up in northeast northwest Iowa, you know, I, I'm not familiar with the the management and that up there, so I can't speak specifically on those. But just in general, that's kind of how a, a slot limit would
0: work. educated me. I had no idea. Makes sense.
1: Yeah, and they're and they're trying to, um, uh, dang, what's the dang word? They're trying to protect that certain size so they can. Uh, basically, spawn those fish out, isn't that right?
2: Yeah. So those are the Iowa Great Lakes. Those are, are you know those are some of the main lakes that we'll use for brood stock to stock the rest of the state uh, with with walleyes. And so those are very important walleye fisheries to us. And so having those fish protected is is important as as the hatchery process goes forward.
1: Um, I'm I'm probably going down a rabbit hole here, but. Uh, I know there's other lakes throughout the state that they they kind of harvest fish to to do the spawning program with. I'm wondering how come these other lakes, let's say in our area, uh, Bay Creek, I know they net and take fish from there for spawning. I'm wondering, like, how come they don't do that for those fish up there?
2: So we don't take any fish from Big Creek for spawning. no uh uh so the we have at at big creek and in brushy is the barrier project and so during the same time but we're simply tagging fish and putting them back and so we're not seeing any eggs so yeah we've got we'll take fish from the the great lakes uh clear lake some years uh, storm lake and rathbun i believe the, the main ones and some of that has to do with the facilities right? So we don't have any sort of hatchery type facility anywhere close to Big Creek. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's one reason for that, but we've got that study going on there as well. But, you know, we've got the hatcheries at Spirit Lake and the hatchery at Rathbun. And so, and then they've got a kind of a satellite hatchery there at Storm Lake that they utilize to get those eggs harvested. Uh, but yeah, Big Creek is, we're out there at the same time. I mean, that's the that's the same time everybody else is out collecting those fish for the hatcheries, but we're simply conducting
1: that tagging study. Okay, that's where I got things mixed up. The, Cause I was thinking about it I was like, huh, there isn't really a hatchery around here. Like the when I think about it, but now it makes more sense. So I stand corrected. But uh yeah, yeah. That's um that's pretty dang cool though. Um I want to get out there and kind of watch this whole. Harv- or netting and tagging thing, is that something you guys are gonna uh, are gonna be opening up to uh, to volunteers? Because I know you've done it in the past, but kind of gotten away from it last couple of years.
2: Yeah, I I don't know what the what the plan will be for that. Uh, you know, we kind of had like you said, we got away from doing more volunteers just because of the of COVID. Not, <laughs> I guess the way COVID's going right now, it's not not looking great. But right. Uh, yeah, the, the netting and and we'll net and do electrofishing at at Big Creek it's at that night. We we'll do multiple days of that in a row, and uh, those fish are, are weighed, and measured, and tagged and checked for tags and, and then put back. So it's a it's a cool process. There's lots of good fish out there, and uh, it's yeah, it's a Big Creek's just a cool lake. I wish I how to fish it better. <laughs>
1: Kid, you kid knows kind of. Uh, I did my first day out on the ice was decent out there, and then I went back twice and got skunked. So it's kind of hit or miss for me. But mm-hmm. um, do you do you have any surprises when you're doing those netting surveys?
2: Hmm. I don't know if I'd
1: say surprises.
2: The I can't think of really any surprises we've had. Here, I guess. Um, I, I mean, we've I, seen some nice, like largemouth bass. Um, we've seen some big catfish, um, but as far as something that's not supposed to be there, I guess no. <laughs> it's not like you know, when we're going along with the electrofishing boat in, in an urban pond or a community pond, and uh, you know, pop up a 15-inch goldfish. Uh, <laughs> that would be something unusual. <laughs>
1: you ever see any freshwater drum in these uh, nets or when you electro uh, electroshock the fish
2: yeah we'll see freshwater drum from time to time for sure yep
1: yeah I want to know like what's the biggest drum that you've seen doing this <laughs> I know, I know that's very specific oh. but I know they get really big
2: I've seen some big ones um as far as weight goes I have no idea what they would have weighed but, yeah, there's some big freshwater drum out there to be caught, that's for sure. There's some big carp suckers, uh, common carp. You know, there's there's some fish out there that, that would be fun to catch, that's for sure, that aren't your typical sport fish. Mm. It's
0: the reason why they got that big, though, because they don't get caught. Right, they're smart. Yeah. Let's change it up a little bit, Tyler. We, we, we've been drilling you with a bunch of questions and everything, but um, what's your uh, – what's your goal for ice season? Cause we got, we got maybe a couple, maybe a month and a half or two left. What are you trying to target? What are you personally, what are you going to be ice fishing for this year?
2: So the, i have like you, I've got daughters. I've only got two, so you've doubled up on me, <laughs> uh, but we like to head out to, uh, you know, to one of the places that we stock trout and uh, the girls really like catching trout. You know, okay. Caught trout through the ice, they just go berserk, you know, when you bring them through the hole, they're flipping and you can't hardly grab them, and they just hit the ball, so we'll, we'll probably try to catch some trout. Um, you know, I would really like to figure out how to catch a catfish, I don't want to catch a bunch of catfish, I just want to say I caught a catfish, it'd be nice to know how to learn how to do it. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> uh, that would be, you know, an ice fishing goal for me, I guess, is to, to catch something new I haven't caught before
0: all right kit but, ooh, tyler's been on here twice let's make this shit happen for tyler dude let's let's we'll, we'll, i'll uh, i got your number tyler we'll, we'll set something up um we'll we'll get you on some catfish, or at least we're gonna focus on catfish up
1: for a day we got to do this we got to figure it out first and then we can put him on the fish. <laughs> agreed okay agreed kit. all right that that'll be our goal we we'll, we'll,
0: well, that's your goal, man. I, I'm just a talker. He's the fisherman. I, I just tag along with him. We will figure it out how to catch these catfish on these ponds. And then uh, we'll hit you up. And then we're like, all right, let's go, Tyler. I
2: like it. I like it. How about you? guys? You, you got a specific goal you're looking at?
0: Everybody knows my goal by now. Uh, I'm, I'm with you. I'm the same boat. I have not caught a catfish through the ice. That's my biggest goal um i guess i guess you say my secondary goal is to catch wiper because i didn't catch a wiper through the ice last year and after this guy spoiled me getting me on wipers i'm like shit I, I'm, I, I gotta get that wiper through the ice and haven't had that so i would say those are my two big goals and then i guess my third goal would be to catch a new species i have it through the ice um i actually did that i guess when i went to colorado uh, a couple weeks ago i was up there with my brother in-laws and i caught a sucker sucker fish through the ice so that was I was a brand new species never caught it but i caught it through the ice so i guess i guess i got i, I checked that one off the board in regards to my goals so there you go I'm, I'm i'm saying boat we gotta get this guy he's gotta go get us a get some catfish
1: what do you what's your goal kit for ice fishing right now uh catch some catfish through the ice for one <laughs> <laughs> so i can get you guys onto those catfish and i just want to Just keep getting out there. And I want to camp on the ice this season. I did it once last season, but I want to do it at least two times this season. And if I can just keep catching fish, uh, I know I can catch bluegills. I think I spent all of last winter catching bluegills. So I'm kind of over bluegills. If I just get out there, catch other species like white bass, catfish, more walleyes. I didn't catch very many walleyes last season. And I guess more crappies, too. Because last season, man, it was Bluegills all freaking season. I'm kind of over Bluegills. <laughs> yeah, walleye walleyes would be nice. I'm not going to lie.
0: You know what? Anything. Yeah, I think you're right. I think last year, I don't know why it felt like they, the ice season was a little rough. I don't know whether it was because the weather or whatever the case may be. It was just a rough bite. I don't know if anybody felt that way. Um, this season for me slowly has started decently um i've gotten i've caught some pretty decent fish um but i still haven't hit like i said i i I gotta catch that cat i think man we gotta do this kit we we gotta get tyler on a catfish because he's never caught one through the ice i haven't caught one through the ice we gotta make it happen because i think it'll be a video worthy
1: (laughs) day okay how about this what um, real quick, Tyler, can you go over the website where we can find these pods?
2: Yeah, to that, the local it, page.
1: Yep. The, the is it just the fishlocal.com? Is that the is the, that the right web, website?
2: gov slash fish local.
1: Ah, there we go. There we go. There we go.
0: And you guys should go check it out. Like if, if anybody here is local and Iowa listening go check it out. It's really cool. Um I actually use it quite a bit because like like Tyler's saying it, it's a really good opportunity to take your your son, your daughter, um niece, nephew out. Um a lot of these ponds are really accessible and you're right, Tyler, because they the cities do a great job of maintaining it because you can walk there. It is really accessible, really easy. You can take your kids to fish on these uh, on these ponds. So it's really cool. So I, I highly recommend anybody who, and this is the thing, take your kids out. Do not go by yourself. If you guys got kids, niece, and nephew, take them out because you'll have a fishing partner for life. That's what I'm trying to build. I'm trying to build all my little, all four of them. I'm trying. The third one is she's struggling. She's like ah, fishing is boring because <laughs> her, her attention spans like, dude, I'm done in, in two minutes, <laughs> but you know, and then again, she's only four. So I get it. But, the two biggest, the two oldest, they're they're there. They're they love it. They they love they love when their rod just bends and just fighting the fish. So I'm telling anybody who's listening, take your kids, take your niece nephew out. Um, when you have when you see the joy in their face when they catch a fish, it's just like to me. A, there's no words that can describe it. So you should do it. Plus, like I said, you can always tell the boss lady or whoever that. I got to go fishing with the kids. So there you go. That's my excuse.
2: (laughs) Well, those, you know, those city ponds are good. Like I mentioned earlier, you don't have to travel far. And so if you've got kids, you know, you're not spending a bunch of time in the car. It's quick and easy to get to. The nice thing too, about being in town is, um, you know, you need a snack or need a bite to eat. You're probably not too far from, from a Casey's for sure. And (laughs) probably not too far from, from any of those places to get food. Uh, and it just kind of keeps growing as these cities continue to grow. I mean, we've, when we kind of started looking into this back in 2016, we had identified around 65 or so public fisheries here in the Des Moines area, and now we're up to over 120. Wow. You know, as these communities continue to grow and these new neighborhoods sprout up, um, you know, a lot of times stormwater management, which is the the sole purpose, the main purpose why these ponds are being built is to provide stormwater management mm-hmm. is, you know, these ponds pop up and, and if the city owns them, um, we're going to be there to help provide that fishing opportunity. It's awesome. I love it. We've been averaging uh, from a statewide perspective. We've been averaging around 15 new ponds each year. And so those are either newly built so brand new in the development somewhere, um, newly acquired. And so if there's a, maybe an HOA that, that isn't, can't maintain the pond anymore or doesn't want to and the city takes it over or the city purchases a piece of property that has a pond on it or, um, or something that's renovated. And so that, you know, it's an old pond that's been drained and, and dredged out and started over with a new fish population. And so Looking ahead at 2022, I think we've got 16 new ones, if wow. I remember. The majority of those are in the Metro, Des Moines Metro, but but there's some other ones spread out um, across the state. So.
0: You know, I haven't really hit the Des Moines Metro ponds. I might have to start really focusing on that. Why not?
2: Yeah, anywhere from Waukee to, hmm. to
0: Bondurant, you've got places to go. See, that's the thing. A lot of people don't know that. Maybe we should just mute that out, okay, I'm just No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> we, I'm can just... Sh-
1: we can share all these places. I mean, <laughs> there, there's a website. Literally, you go to the website, there's a picture of a fish. You just click on that little fish icon. It'll yeah. tell you everything you need to know about that pond. Very true.
2: The thing we've done differently with the fish local map is it's a Google map, and so that's not something we've done before. Usually, they're like an ArcGIS GIS. Like the Fishing Atlas is a GIS type of map. It works mm-hmm. really well on your mobile device. i uh, to try stuff in Google, and uh, I think it works. People seem to like it. You can set it as an actual default on your phone, and so if you just click on Google Maps, those ponds will automatically pop up without having to go to the website.
0: Yeah. No, I like it. No, I, I like the what you guys are doing because I can. Actually, I was just using my phone the other day and just like you're saying, I can just zoom in, zoom out. Um, it's pretty cool kit I was just like looking at all these ponds and then you click on it and it, it tells you the species it tells you the size of the pond it tells you um, like you say you can ice fish it or not it's really cool I I, I love it I just that's what I've been using um, especially when like you said you know take the kids or family or or actually if we're just go shopping here and there if there's a pond right nearby if they're shopping I mean you got a rod in the back of the van or the truck or the car i'm just saying you know go ahead have fun <laughs> and you go right there and just throw a cast or too that's what i'm doing man I, I i keep my rods in the car all the time now just just in case that stuff happens and then boom
2: <laughs> yeah you have to my wife bought me uh i don't know it's like a three or four piece rod so it comes it's got a little case it's only about that long
0: four piece how long is that
2: rod <laughs> So it's only, it's a six foot rod or six and a half, I think, but it's just, it's a travel rod. Um, and it's something I can throw underneath the back seat. There yeah. And it's not of space. So it's easy to put, put on there and throw the reel on it. And I can fish for a little bit. If, like you said, if somebody's going shopping or softball tournament or something like that, uh, we can, can take the rod with us and it's not taking up a bunch of room.
1: Exactly. You nobody's found-
2: stepping, nobody's stepping on it or, <laughs> Shutting in a car or anything like that.
0: Yep, very true. Do you fly fish at all, Tyler?
2: I uh, I've attempted to. I wouldn't <laughs> fly around by any means, but I do own one. Uh, it's something I've I've tried out. Not super successful at it. I've caught some bluegills. Uh, those you know those ponds are really nice because there's a whole lot of trees around them, so it's wide open. I'm not worried about snagging anything. Um, it is something I'd like to get a little more into, uh, to be honest with you, but we'll see what, see what happens. But it's kind of fun to do something different. Uh, there's a lot of people that do fly fish, you know, when I'm driving through town or, or stopping at a few ponds. It's it's pretty common nowadays, I guess, to see somebody fly fishing somewhere at one of those. So it's, it's something that's definitely catching on.
0: Yeah. I picked up a rod. I haven't really caught anything. Oh, well, I caught zero. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm probably in your same boat, but you actually you're further ahead. Cause you caught bluegills. I haven't caught shit. So I, I'm, I'm excited. I'm, I'm going to fly fish uh, next year. I'm going to try it quite a bit. Actually. I'm going to try and like you said, try something new. So.
2: Yeah. I thought it'd be fun to be able to be, you know, to actually go to Northeast Iowa, fly fish a trout stream. I just think there's something about that that just seems really cool to me. And so I'm hoping that that's something I can get to. I've got one of my good friends lives out in the Denver area. He's got huge into fly fishing. He's always sending me pictures of these nice trout. He's catching them with his fly rod. I don't know. I just think it'd be kind of neat to to know how to do it at least.
1: Yeah. You just check it off your list. Like a cut of fish on a fly rod. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. Gotta do that, man. Um,
0: man, it's been fun, dude. I, I, I... Not only have I learned a lot of new stuff, um, glad to have you back on, Tyler. I think if it's okay with you, you know, if your schedule allows it, we'd love to have you back on at least once a year if that's okay with you. Because just to kind of know what's kind of going on with you um, and also with the Iowa, Iowa DNR and everything. Um, you got anything else for
1: Tyler, Kit? Um. Well, I wanted to ask you, you know, what what's new for this year, but you kind of touched on that already. Okay, so we're kind of in ice fishing mode right now. You got any plans as far as, uh, I know we kind of just talked about the fly rods, but let's say open water goals as far as fishing goes, other other than what we've already touched on. Hmm.
2: Open water goals, you know, it's, it's, it's something that I'm uh, you know, obviously heavily involved with is these urban ponds. And so my goal has always been, especially living here in the Des Moines area, is I've only got a handful left, but I want to be able to I say I've fished all of them so far. And so that's kind of something I've been focusing on every year is when we've got new ones or if I'm, I live on the east side, but if I'm on the west side, I've got a fishing rod with me. And, and I try to pond hop a little bit while I'm over there. And so I've only got a handful left uh, to be to the ones that I know have a sustained fish population, and I'm not ones that I've just stopped a few weeks ago with, with <laughs> fish. But uh, so that's that's kind of been my my continued goal. And if we do travel somewhere, you know, to Iowa City or or Fort Dodge or you know Cedar Falls or something like that, I try to try to at least stop and and uh, cast a line for a little bit. But. Yeah, my goal here in the Des Moines area is to be able to at least say I've fished all of them. I've only got, I want to say I've got four left that I haven't done yet, so.
1: Okay, four left out of how many are we talking here? So that would
2: probably be out of uh, like around 109, I want to say, because I think we did a little 12 or so last year, and we're up over 120 now, so.
1: Wow. Wow.
2: I haven't caught fish at all of them. <laughs> That's what I was, that was
0: my next question. I was like, how many but of them? I haven't
2: fished all of them? Uh, and uh, but we've sampled, as far as our, our sampling is concerned, we've sampled all of them. Uh, and uh, so that gives me a little bit of a, a insight into what I know is there, which some of those are pretty exciting., yeah, but I'm definitely not catching the fish that we're seeing when we're out sampling sometimes.
1: Oh hey um I don't, I don't, I'm not sure if we covered this before but how do you sample these small ponds? I know you're not out there in a boat shocking these fish, are you? <laughs> you are? Yeah. You are. Yeah.
2: Yeah, so we electrofish those um and uh, we have we've had a few places that we've we're kind of starting to get into uh trying to figure out more and more about these. You know, our, the electrofishing is not a cure all as far as fish sampling goes. I mean, it gives you a snapshot of, of what you drove over, you know, in your boat. And so it's not a, it gives you a snapshot of what the fish population average is, but as far as the bigger fish in the population and, and how many of the, the you know, much smaller fish are in the population, it just kind of gives you that, that average. And maybe you can pick up a big bass or something like that from time to time, but we typically don't see catfish at all when we're electrofishing uh and so we've started to to do some netting and uh learn a little bit more about our catfish populations that we have. Okay. Uh but yeah, electrofishing it's some some ponds are a lot easier to get into than others uh back in a trailer down, but there's some some tight spots out there.
1: Right, I bet I bet there's some tight little trails that you got to go down, huh?
2: Yeah, it's all driving down trails for the most part. Hmm. Interesting.
0: Yeah. Seriously though, if you guys ever open that back up, I would love to see it. Like Kit said, like I love to be, whether to be a, you know, a helping hand or whatever, or just kind of see it, just kind of see how it's kind of done, how you guys are doing all that. Mm-hmm. It'd be really interesting. Cause um, I know, like you said, uh, I think a couple of years ago, you guys you used to have volunteers come and help you guys out. So that was kind of cool. But um, like you're saying though, with the way COVID's going right now, we'll see if, that's ever going to open mm. back up
2: yeah it's definitely moving the wrong direction
0: yeah
1: other than that man what you got kit anything else Well, uh, i think that's uh i think that's a good cutting off point here got any last statements for uh, our audience Ty- uh, tyler
2: well i appreciate being on again and and uh yeah i definitely want to continue to come on and keep this relationship going especially if you're going to help put me on some catfish kit.
0: <laughs> All right, we'll do that. So, so just, uh, but,
2: uh, <laughs> no, if you're, if you're going out, you know, if you're, we're in the middle of January early part of January, you know, no ice is is safe ice. Always check as you're heading out, you know, be safe about it, pay attention to the weather and what the ice conditions look like your ice, your fishing license expired three days ago. And so make sure you're out picking that up. Uh, if you're trout fishing get the trout fee and if you have any questions at all we're here to help and uh you know go to that fish local page to find somewhere to fish my contact information's on there i'd be happy to answer your question and if i can't i'll point you to the right person that can and so we're here to help you be successful and, and have a good safe successful fishing trip out there so don't be afraid to ask questions sure
0: no, thank you so much Tyler and no no we'll we'll put all the uh the links and everything in the show notes. We'll put um everything how you can get a hold of Tyler if you need to and then like I said anyone who who's coming into the the metro of central iowa if you guys are curious you guys want to take a look at it I'll have the links and everything that we'll we'll put in the show notes. Um no thank you so much tyler because your your knowledge is well above ours and it just really enlightens us um and and i just love i really do i really love having you jeff um you know all that anyone from the iowa dnr on because you guys just really teach us and and, and inform us on new things that's number one going on in iowa number two is just just about fish just about fish and water maintenance and all that good stuff so um it's really kind of cool to have you guys back you know on and, and really teach me and teach our listeners hopefully maybe they're smarter than me maybe they're just like whatever they know the shit right? already. <laughs> yeah <But laughs> other than that man uh thank you so much tyler we'll, we'll see you next time and then we will i prompt this is it man I, I i make a promise we are gonna make it happen Maybe, <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe, but we got to get you on. I could can't, can't just give you that look like, dude, don't promise shit, man. But <laughs> we are going to do it the best we can to get you on a catfish through the ice, Tyler, this year. Okay. Sounds great. Sounds good. Other than that, thank you
1: so much. All right, Tyler. Thanks for coming on. You bet.
2: Know.